0: Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets show where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact and double your time off. In this episode, we're speaking with Casey Zeman. Casey is a founder and CEO of Easy Webinar, an online software platform for running both live and automated webinars and events. And with over 6,000 customers, more I assume now, thinking about it, Uh, while I go through this bio. uh, Casey has figured out what works and what doesn't in webinars, live broadcasts, and video, and what makes a truly engaged audience. He's consulted with companies such as HarperCollins, Estee Lauder, and Dell on video marketing strategies and lead nurture funnels using webinars. Having built his own multi-million dollar software and info product businesses through the power of live video and webinars, he's passionate about bringing these same strategies to your business, the listener. Casey is the best-selling author of Build Your Audience with live video and creator of the tribe-minded system which combines the smart art of automation and engagement to build scalable businesses. Casey, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I think it's an amazing timing when I saw that I had you booked because I'm right at the point of like trying to create my own webinar to, to work better. 2020 was a great year and then my webinars died and now I'm kind of re-looking at things. So I think that we're going to have some really in- interesting conversations today, dude. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, James, thanks for having me. Let's geek out as much as possible. And uh, sorry, that that bio may have been a mouthful, but you did it
0: elegantly. So <laughs> thanks. Very impressed. Thanks. <laughs> um, so tell us a bit about yourself to to give the audience some context as to who they're listening to. Like, where did you kind of come from and get to and, and what are you working on now so that we can know, hey, when you take this dude seriously? You know,
1: my interests have always been. And to be honest, I, I started off as an actor here in Los Angeles, and then I was I was hitting all sorts of roadblocks being the broke uh, artist, basically. So I went into real estate because I just wanted to. I don't. I had a girlfriend who I wanted. I just wanted to like actually like buy property, have something foundationally, and I felt like I was just floundering with the acting thing. So I went into real estate, still doing the acting on the side. That did well. Didn't really enjoy it. But then a, a blessing and curse happened when the market crashed here in the states, which you know this was obviously a long time ago. But um, when that happened, I uh, went from a, a decent real estate job where I was doing really well, like uh, you know two hundred fifty thousand a year, to fifteen thousand the next year, and I almost went into foreclosure a couple times. And so I was really trying to figure out how I was going to save my house. So I started looking online for lead generation, and that led me down the path of. Learning about marketing, online marketing, and one of my good friends at the time—actually, he wasn't at the time my good friend. He was someone, he was an acquaintance, has now become one of my one of my close friends. His name was Chris Farrell, and he told me one time he was like, "Listen, you're going to do this. Choose one thing and do it and do it well." So I went into YouTube because it kind of related to the fact that I love video, right? Kind of goes back to the whole acting thing. So. What I found is I just dove into video. I love the concept of, of building a no-like and trust on video. And so I was one of the first video marketers out there, as as you, you know, talked about HarperCollins, Dell, Estee lauder. I was doing different video consulting work uh, for them. And so that that concept of just loving video, loving the live stream technology, video evolved into webinars. Webinars evolved into more engagement through live stream technology and multimedia, you know, using live stream technology and various other pieces to you know what we see today with our platform Easy Webinar, which is a, a webinar platform that does both live webinars like Zoom and also automated webinars, which takes the experience of live and allows you to use it to scale, basically. So, and I love that. I love the idea and the concept of being able to scale intimacy. We all want the mom and pop experience, but how do we do it without overburdening ourselves with getting on the phone with every single person? But at the same time, you know, see, people are either over-leveraged because they're they want the mom and pop feel, they want to stay connected, they they are servers, they serve people, they serve the, you know their audience, they understand that they want to give to their audience, they understand that they, you know, that they are, are good at what they do and they want to pass that on, but oftentimes their bandwidth doesn't allow it. And so they're stuck in this you know, non-scalable method. And then on the other side of that, some people use automation and they go super automated to where they're not getting any results because it feels completely fake and not connected at all. So my big thing that I hope to achieve is to help people with creating a scalable solution around intimacy, around Connectivity around, um, you know, that mom and pop feel, but at scale. So that's why automated webinars are one of the ways we do it. Sometimes automated webinars to a live call, you know, any any type of mix-up where you can leverage both engagement but also automation as well, just so you can scale in a better way. And so, some of the other future projects we have are. You know, are 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 in the in the mind of helping people sell better. So we have another, you know, program, product, uh, software plat- platform. Basically, that's that's a uh, a sales CRM. It's a simple sales CRM uh, lead finder tool. that works really well. And we're very excited about that. At some point, and then I have a couple other side projects. One being a, uh, and this is you know just I'm in this world. So one being a video. An audio new creation interface where you can take video and and take an audio stream and and put them together very very similar to TikTok, but we can manipulate the visual with an audio scratch. So it's kind of an interesting thing. It's kind of DJing video, uh, and it's some new stuff that's that we're going to be bringing out. And the goal for that. Is to uh, help artists basically make money. You know, um, I, as a as a past artist, I'm coming full circle here. You know, as someone who is an artist, this is the creator economy. So it's like it's all about them being able to create their own economy, create their own source of revenue. And you know, NFTs are very popular right now. If you know what an NFT is, and we want to be also considered as an NFT builder, this new tool we have as a, a, a way of creating a new digital asset that then can be sold on NFT marketplaces. And uh, and we can basically help creators and artists earn a living through this methodology. And so, I'm, I mean, that's the big thing is like, I want to help people create businesses and create, you know, revenue streams. And, and that's why we have, you know, we have thousands of customers in easy webinar who use it to use webinars to to basically scale and sell their programs right and then you know these other projects are more ways that we're doing that we were just helping people to basically create more impact and create more revenue in their own businesses so
0: real quick on on that new software are you basically saying that creators can use that to create their own nft of their content so if i'm a song producer i can create i can release you know the, f- the first release of the song you can own it and then you can buy the gold versions and and etc etc because I, co- I heard gary V talking about something similar like if um jk rowling had released you know the first copy of harry potter and that was an nft and then that, you know a thousand gold ones and blah 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 and and now if you were an owner of one of yeah. the 100 gold harry potters that'd be worth 10 grand type thing it's a way of creating additional revenue and and equity in the asset being the thing that you created. The IP, yeah. Yeah. How
1: it would work is like, let's say a musician took this and they can actually take an original piece of music, put it on our system. They can actually DJ the music and turn it into something completely different. And then put a video overlay over that and create a brand new video and audio digital asset, right, Mm -hmm. from the platform that then can be... Taken and can be pushed through an NFT authenticator or pushed through into directly into OpenSea, let's say, as a new digital asset that's brand spanking new. Because once you once you scratch it, once you create a, a nuance piece, it's new for everything. It's always new, right? Mm-hmm. So it is a way to also create something. It's kind of a gateway of new creation. You know, you're always going to have a new thing created, right? And that's kind of what that is. If the, that makes sense,
0: that makes sense. the The NFT concept is is really interesting, and I think a lot of people they don't get it. Like they think that you know you've just got this digital thing. Like, why does that matter? But if I had a Van Gogh painting or whatever, and it's the only one, it's worth a lot. Yeah. Right. But if I did the same thing but on my computer. It can be infinitely copied and who's to know it's how do you know it's the original? These are all forgeries, faked copy, copy paste. And yeah. so you're essentially just creating an intangible thing and making it tangible essentially by saying this is the first, here it's authenticated, this is the original, everything else is a copy. Mm-hmm. So you can now own the painting, but in digital form, so to speak, as an original.
1: Yeah. So with us, the interesting thing is that we give you this ability to create a completely it's always going to be a new thing. Right? Yeah. Because it's dumped out as a new thing. You're never going to, you're never going to be able to replicate it. Yeah. Even if you use the same video and same music track, it's always going to be kind of different. Right? But, you know, that's the new thing about NFTs. They're all going in this direction of like trying to have authentication, which is a very interesting idea as well. So we're going to be talking to more people around authentication on it. Uh, You know, it's a new world. So it's like we're just jumping in this new Mm -hmm. world and trying to understand it more and see how we can help artists from our own perspective and see where that leads us as well. That's
0: interesting. That's really interesting. Let's change track here for for a bit. I feel like we got off on an interesting topic, but off topic. I think that everyone need, who's listening to this needs to s- start paying attention to this kind of stuff, cryptos, blockchain, NFTs, etc., and understand it because things are mm-hmm. things are changing. And and it's like not knowing what the internet is when it came out. You've right. an opportunity to see something happening. You should pay attention to it. I, I definitely suggest everyone checks that out. But in terms of like going back to to easy webinar and the software platform and the fundamentals behind it. I think that a lot of my audience being health professionals and experts and entrepreneurs and things like that, we're all creating content, creating offers, creating messages, trying to get in front of people and interact with them, build a relationship and ultimately get a sale out of it in some context or another. Buy something, sign up for something or become a client. What is it about doing webinars or especially live live presentations that you think makes them work so well in their ability to get the information across that you want and ultimately help a person to make a decision to move forward. Because we know that, you know, as health professionals, for example, we'll run like a, a health talk or an event, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you might run a seminar. We, most entrepreneurs know about webinars, but just in the basic sense, like you do a presentation and you present your thing. What makes webinars in particular such an opportunity even today when arguably webinars are kind of done to death, but they're not actually dead yet. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been around a long time.
1: So, you know, I think the idea is that, you know, a webinar allows you, you know, when, when you think about what what's required to get a sale, you know, you have like the four pieces of a funnel, you know, you have the awareness, the interest, the desire, and the action, right? Of a funnel, right? All those, all those pieces, and oftentimes, you know, with the awareness phase, you know, you're you're getting people making aware that you're existing through paid ad, social media articles, and PR, and content and things like that. And then, you know, the interest phase is where you know you get their email address, right? And then, you know, you, you maybe get them on your social media, move them into a social media group where they show some desire. Maybe you're sending them emails, you're providing value. They're going into a Facebook group. And then you're, you know, you're you're getting them to take an action, take them to a sales page, exchange for the offer. Normally we see like that's the, the model, but it can oftentimes take a long time to get people through all four phases of that model, especially, and each one requires its own funnel. So what we typically say is like, you know, instead of doing all that, a webinar does all that. You know, it brings in all four pieces of the you know awareness interest desire and action you know they they you have an ad just like you would in, in any other awareness phase but but you drive people to a webinar registration page and there you show interest the interest is people register you know then they, they have the desire they're gonna watch the webinar if the webinar has enough high impact they will take action off the webinar so it's it's like you're you're getting the opportunity to go through the whole four phases of a funnel in a 60 minute period of time type of thing right and again you know there's there's a lot of room for error on on a couple of these like you know if you talk about a high ticket funnel you know going from a webinar desire to the action of book a call you know that that webinar can be 20 minutes you know and it can be as long as it has high impact in terms of like really showing the problem solution scenario, you know, and, you know, holds up a window to what their true problems are. And they're like, Hey, I can, I can solve this problem for you through this undiscovered method or this unearthed method that most people don't know about. And, you know, all the things you think you're doing, all the things you think would work are kind of not working for you. And maybe you've come to a realization that they're not working through some of the efforts that I've done in my webinar and now i'm showing you actually this is the thing that's working not a lot of people know about it but this is the way that you're going to get the results and if you're if if you're interested to get those results you know book a call you know with me or someone on my team and we'll see if we can help you with something right and if you can do that if you can get the action of them signing up then uh, normally, you can be an order taker instead of uh, you know having to go through a massive, massive qualification process. The webinar can qualify customers, especially if you're talking about service-based businesses. You know, talking about qualifying your customers through a, a high-impact, short webinar experience that, um, by the end, should lead them into booking a time with someone on your team or booking a time in your calendar. You know, whatever whatever your business may be. And, and the good news is there's a lot of room for error in that, you know, like you may still get people that sign up where the webinar isn't spectacular, but it does the job enough to where it really highlights and pinpoints the pain and the solution. So, you know, if you can do that enough, you can get them to, to come through and, and that works really well. Uh, so we, we always have, you know, I, I think webinars work exceptionally well for high ticket. I, I think they also work for obviously selling mid ticket programs right off of a webinar live. The problem is, That you have to work at it. I have have this uh, method called the webinar sprint method where I I have you run basically a same live webinar for four to six weeks or more to get the conversions up to 10% before you do anything where you try to scale it with Facebook ads or even turning it into an automated webinar where you then scale it from there. Right. So that's why I say I, I think webinars do, in fact, work. They they work exceptionally well. And everybody who's saying webinars are dead, or you know, you don't have to put time into a webinar, they're still using the webinar experience in some sort of sales presentation of some mm-hmm. kind, right? It's not like it's not gone, you know. A, a video sales letter and a webinar it basically they they have some of the same experiences, right? And so no, webinars aren't gonna die. They are they are just like different ways to share the same message through, you know, minute differences in the medium by which it's delivered basically. Right. I
0: think so, certain ways of doing it have been done so frequently that, that people start to switch off to it. It's like when, when they're first coming out and then sort of as they're peaking and everybody's doing the same thing and then everything is cyclical. So why I'm transitioning back into getting a webinar going is because I'm seeing an opportunity in everybody pivoting away into things like Facebook groups or low ticket or whatever is is front ends and then doing outbound, which is what we've been doing for a while and mm-hmm. transitioning back into the webinar space, but doing it less of like a, what if I told you this, what if I did this, blah, blah, blah type sort of format. So I'd love to ask you, what what are you seeing work really well for high ticket Where you're going to have to get someone on the phone call or into some kind of consultation to then take them to the next step. Because for me and a lot of my clients, it's we have to get a person to be interested and take an action. And the action is let's do an assessment of your situation and provide you a plan, either because you have a a course or a coaching program or a high ticket offer, or because you're a practitioner or a professional and you have a service to provide. So you can't sell them on the webinar, but you're going to do it. You're enrolling them into a sales process from the webinar but Mm -hmm. we're trying to get them more qualified so that when they are in that consultation, we've skipped through half of that time-wasting crap where they don't really know about you and uh, and or really care because the webinar is doing its job. So what's a good format or structure for that? And I really like the idea of doing that short webinar experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a client one time, he was uh, a financial advisor who was um, trying to get in front of uh, IBM employees with 401k plans. And so... He created a video, put it up on Facebook, uh, used that video to get people to register for the workshop. The workshop page, he also had another video. So one video was kind of like the tip of the iceberg, you know, kind of exposure. The second video on the actual reg page was a second level. Sometimes you don't need it if the actual video from Facebook is going to work, right? But then. he reiterated why you need to worry about getting, you know protecting your 401k right now. People were registering for it. And what he did on his thank you page of his webinar, I think he actually started getting people... He, he did an assessment. He was like, let's book a time for an assessment now is what he did, which was really kind of interesting. So before the webinar would start uh, on that thank you page, he would incentivize them to book a time. Off the thank you page, right? Without even seeing the webinar. But then he would also say, you know, book a time and then watch this webinar. So he would almost say, like, book the time first, watch the webinar. But then he had them watch a short 20 minute webinar uh, workshop. And then from there, he encouraged them to, if they had not yet booked a time, you know, to go over the assessment because he does an assessment, right? He does a risk analysis. He says, and by the way, so the webinar is going to start, but if you want, book your time, I'm going to do a risk analysis for you, right? You know, And you can book your time right here. And so he does that on the thank you page, and then he does it actually in the webinar itself as well as the call to action, book your time in to get the analysis. And so he does both of those. But the intention is he's always trying to get people to watch the web- webinar, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you watch the webinar. You can book your time, but watch the workshop. Watch the workshop. Watch the workshop. And we've had other people that have done things like call to action was book a time first. They use the the, the assessment as a way to get people to show up to the workshop, and then get people to stay to the end of the workshop. Like, hey, by the end, there's an opportunity. I'm going to give you a, a, this downloadable thing so that we can assess your risk, you know, while we're on the workshop. Right. And so then it becomes the workshop actually becomes this activity and it's an automated webinar. So it's like they go through and fill in the information while he's going through the webinar. Part of it is uncovering the transformation through doing these actionable assessments. Right. And then he says at the end, he says, once you filled this out, now we're going to audit it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's another, another way you can do it where you just, you encourage them off the thank you page to show up to the workshop. What are they going to get on the workshop? That is something that they can't get elsewhere. So it's like maybe, you know, at the beginning of it, you're going to give them an assessment guide that's going to help them achieve X, Y, and Z. And then they use that assessment guide to go as a worksheet or as a activity throughout the webinar. And by the end, they submit that worksheet to you, right? Right. And you encourage them and say, like, okay, now that you filled this out, uh, book a time,
0: and we're going to go over what you filled out, right? Because so what's, almost, what's interesting with that is, is the ads there to get them to go to the landing page, which is there to get them to sign up, and then your job after that is to get them to show up, and not only show up but participate. Because webinars have a around. horrible, horrible sharp rate and then drop off rate, right? Mm that you're not going to get 100% of people to show up, and you're not going to get those people who do show up to watch the entire thing. Your aim is to try and maximize those as much as possible. And then on top of that, you've then got to try and get people to sign up as well. And so it just gets cut, 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 cut. So if you can amplify that by including some kind of guide, for example, an assessment that they do before and during the webinar or the, the the event or whatever, and then it's like book a call and we'll go through it with you and develop a plan. I think that's an exciting way of getting people engaged because if they're not actually gonna watch the thing and they just think it's like everything else and there's this feeling of completion the moment they sign up. Like the biggest thing I find, the biggest problem with, with, with any kind of content to convert, so to speak, free reports, books, whatever, videos, is this human psychology of, I've now done it because I signed up for it. I bought the book, like how many books do you own maybe that you never read, but you're like, i got to get that book. And then you get it. And it's like, I never read it because I've got it now in my head. And yeah. um, it, it's interesting. It's it's like when you sell upsells in a funnel, you don't upsell more of the same thing, even if it's better because the person's already checked it off in their head that they've got it. You have to sell oh. them the next logical step because the right. human brain goes, got that. What's next? Right. Yeah. Got the shoes, got the pants, got the gym membership. Mm-hmm. I'm fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're not. So. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. with that concept, thinking about any kind of presentation. And so when we talk about webinar, like this applies to everything, right? If you're running a, a live yeah. video, if you're doing a, a workshop, a seminar a presentation, they're all grouped together because it's just a presentation, it's just a webinar being on the internet, either automated or not. But yeah. I like that. I really like that. Having something that ties in with, hey, here's this thing, go through it with me. And you want to get it personally assessed by our team, book a call. That's naturally going to incentivize a lot more people to take that action because we know that once we've got a person engaged with us in front of us on the phone, our ability to convert them is, is high because we're good at what we do. Yeah. You've got to get them there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the whole idea is like the bribery part. Like it has to be if you're doing the assessment, what's in it for them, right? You know, like, hey, you know, if you're if you're trying to get to here, we're gonna write down these activities. We're gonna do the math on the call. You know, even though it's pre-recorded, you do the math on the call for you to achieve the outcome of success you want, right? We're gonna do a a four-step webinar uh, success audit right there on the call, right? So we'll get your offer, we'll figure it all out, and boom, 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 we're done. And then. That's what you get when you show up. You have to show up to the workshop to be able to get this. There is no replay by the way. I mean, I you know people do that. You you can actually do a live webinar, not do the replay and just see what kind of results you get in terms of saying no replay, getting people to basically bribe them with a you know, here's your five step assessment to getting the results you want. We're going to do this on the call and then from there, you know, now the call to action is that you've done this, right? All right, here's the opportunity. We are going to work with you to achieve these results. You just listed what you have down here at the bottom, right? This is your outcome. This is your result, right? 100,000 a month, right? Is what you're trying to achieve. Great. Awesome. So we will get on a call and talk through the numbers, right? We'll reverse engineer how to get there. We'll get you to this point in your business, right? Mm. You really have to just like, what's in it for them? What's in it for them? What's in it for them? You know, it's like it has to be. Like, so, you know, will reverse engineer how you're going to get to this, you know, result that you're trying to get Yeah, on the call, you know, so you have to have two points of bribery. It has to be getting them on the call because you have something so enti- enticing that they're just going to be like loving it and then keeping them on the call to stick around to the end to where, you know, once you do this, you fill out this, whatever, this, this worksheet or you fill out this like assessment, by the end, there's an opportunity to actually have us assess it for free, you know, like go through and, and actually, you know, get on the phone, figure out your assessment. So, yeah. um, we just have to think of just different ways to, to encourage people to do it, you know, not give them too much. Like I used to give worksheets off the thank you page. I still do. I don't think it's the way to go now. I don't mm-hmm. think, uh, offering a worksheet off a thank you page, like a freebie it's a way to go because it doesn't incentivize them enough to show up. I got the worksheet. I'm good now, as you just said, you know? And so it's got to be more interactive. It has to be more like, like limit, limit the things like no replay, you know, only showing up, will get you this worksheet, you know, sticking to the end, you'll be able to get the assessment. If you don't stick around to the end, we will not personally assess what you're filling out during the
0: webinar. Right. Yeah. In terms of actually creating a webinar, I think that a lot of people think, hey, I just need to teach a whole lot of stuff. And I've definitely found that you can't teach the how, you've just got to show them the what and the why. Because again, people just tick it off in their head, like done the webinar, I know how to do it now, uh, versus actually going and taking the next step. What have you found to be the best structure uh, for a webinar? In terms of like things to cover because at the start you kind of riffed on a little bit and it was really good like unique opportunity and etc uh, etc et what you haven't achieved and yeah what do you find is the best sort of structure for creating a webinar
1: i i agree with you you need a you need to present what it is why it's of benefit but the how of getting the results is the program that you're selling right the getting them on a call and doing the thing and the gate to the opportunity but i'd say I have a six step method that I sometimes teach, but the simplest thing is the three step method, which is like, you know, the three pieces that you want to think about is like, you, you start with like the rapport, you know, authority building and rapport. Part two of a webinar becomes like breaking false belief patterns with content. And then, and that's psychological content generally. And then part three is, you know, the exchanging of the irresistible offer. And so part two is like the main content part of your webinar. So part one is the authority and rapport building where you talk about the problem solution scenario through your own story. And then you build a know, like, and trust and you a relatability. And it's not just you sharing accolades. It's you sharing, you, you've been in their shoes and this was your hero journey, right? How you were doing, you were trying this, 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 and never worked and they're probably saying yes that's me too that's me too that's me too that's me too and then you said when one day you know i i stumbled across this and this was my eureka moment and then finally things started to click uh for me and then and then you lead them into the content part which is going to be your framework right yeah. everybody has a framework so you're going to go and talk about you know how your five step system is going to help them achieve the results they want but then in the content part you can also have The second piece of the content part is finding an objection to uh, an external objection that they would have to your framework. And then another thing you'd find for the content part is an internal objection that they would have to the framework, right? So it's like if you have like five steps to improving your child's uh, behavioral challenges, right? Is your framework, right? These challenges are going to help your kid. Grow and the the problem that you're experiencing is that in your first year of of childhood development, um, your kid is not learning enough, and that's the problem for later issues later on, right? So you're saying this is a framework. I'm going to show you how you can do early education to foster smarter kids later on. First objection to that would be like, uh, that sounds great, but you know I'm a busy parent. I can't teach that. You know how can I how can I you know find time to do that? And you know so the second part of the of the content piece would be like the first secret is the framework which is like how to basically you know how to have raise smarter kids by starting them off at at you know maybe teaching them at 1 years old the second uh, secret or shift would be like i don't know if my kid will will actually adapt and learn this don't worry your kid will understand this methodology through x y and z and then and then even the busiest of parents can teach their children this that's the content part it should have the framework and then an objection
0: to why someone would do the framework and another objection. I think that what we're talking about is is first we've got to help them to understand that, hey, this is possible and this is what we want to achieve. And the person says, yeah, I want to be able to do that thing. And then it's like everyone immediately, and this is the irony, is that everybody says, "Uh, I don't have time, I can't afford it, that's too hard, this and this, because they immediately want to make excuses for why they're not already doing and or can't do this to justify their situation to themselves long. Right. Humans always want to conserve energy and easiest way to conserve energy is to not do anything, but just justify why you can't. So we have this ex- external objections, external reasons, things out of our control, right? And then you've right. got internal ones. Why? Yeah. Well, the externals, are, you know, I'm busy. It's, I got a job. And then we, we crush that belief because mm-hmm. that belief isn't true. And if they continue to hold it, it's going to prevent them from taking the action that would get them to where they actually want to be. And I've got a method to show them how to get there. And then the third is the internal objection. How How would you make sense of when we say internal objection handling in your webinar presentation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think an internal objection would be like they think that their child maybe isn't good enough. You know, oh, some yeah. some internal disbelief in themselves, right? Or, or internal disbelief because they think that their child has X amount of behavioral challenges or maybe too, are too old or, or all these different, all these misconceptions that they're building up in their heads as to why their kid won't have success with it. And that would be an internal disbelief, you know, some sort of internal thing. Um, maybe they think that they're a bad parent but their their parenting skills have prevented their child from being able to accomplish and learn this, right? So I'd say it's it's those are those are the factors you have to think kind of like the internal, you know, disbelief that they're experiencing or having. It's basically their own inabilities to execute the framework. So yeah. whatever that inability is, if you feel like you have that inability, you know, to execute the framework where does that stem from? Right. And so I think that's where you think about the internal, this internal false
0: belief that they have. So essentially there's, there's three of them, right? There's false belief around the mechanism. So if I'm teaching someone to use ads, I believe mm-hmm. that ads don't work. And then there is an external objection, which is, okay, I guess ads work, but they're not going to work for me because I'm busy. And there's, you know, or where I live or whatever. My clients well, aren't I, on Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm. Or they won't work for me because of my niche or because of things that are, you know, that I've, I've chosen that are, have affected, you know, me, you know, like, or, you know, maybe you're right. Like I'm busy. I don't, I don't have the time. I can't, I can't commit to that because I have all these internal
0: things preventing me from doing it. Right. Yeah. And then the yeah. external is the, so that you've got the mechanism objection, then you overcome that. Then you've got the external objection which is things out of their control, and then you overcome that. And then you got the internal objection, which is the things that are within their control. I'm not techie. I'm no good at this. I tried and I failed, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is a really interesting format because a lot of us just make a presentation and we kind of just teach three things, but we're just teaching some things. And so people end up leaving going, that was nice. And they never took the action. Whereas the point of the presentation is to to educate them into moving into the next step. Because I, I run a program the best way I can help someone is to have them in my program yeah. because then I can help hold their hand. I can show them, I can give them things, I can customize it. When mm-hmm. I was a clinician, I can tell you some stretches, sure, but the best thing is to become a patient so I can work with you and your body and lifestyle and give you a plan. I think that fundamentally it comes back to the same thing. The best place we can help yeah. someone is when they're a client or a customer. And so anything that we're doing with a presentation is, is not to solve problems. like. I want to be successful. I want to lose weight. I'm not going to show you how to lose weight. I'm going to show you how to right. overcome the beliefs that are preventing you from doing the actions that will then get you to lose the weight. And one of those actions is working with me, so I can show you how to do it. Is that a fair summary? I think so, because I think what we
1: uh, end up doing is we equate teaching with providing value when it's actually not the case. Because if you teach too much, then no one will take action, right? If it's mm-hmm. just as as people that want to give value, we associate the more we give. As value, but it's actually completely not true. It's like the the opposite effect. You 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 shove so much content down someone's throat for free, their brains are going to be so overwhelmed by it that they'll have to you know go home and digest all the information, right? So, mm. but if you're creating the aha moments instead and breaking down barriers of disbelief that they have around certain topics, you know you're you're creating you're creating a mindset shift that allows them to say, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You're not necessarily focusing on teaching as the value, but more so creating the transformation and uh, helping them realize that they can achieve
0: it as the thing of value. Yeah. Right. Because if it was just information, um, they could YouTube it. If they just needed information, they could just go on YouTube or Google it and have the information. The information's there, how to lose weight, how to get fit, how to fix your back issues, how to whatever, like, it's there. How to get busy business? It's there, but you're not doing. You're
1: going to teach them anyway in the in your in your in your training, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to go, you know, too detailed. I think it's just you need to try to overcome their wherever they're at and and the objections that they would be having around uh, achieving the results. They've already shown that they want to achieve some sort of result. So, your job now is to break down any disbelief or any objection that they may have to to them being able to achieve it right they probably came to you to to watch you because of some of the things you're doing right the first thing is like oh that works for this person but not me you know james can do it but i can't do it i think i think we we all tend to teach a bit too much because you know as people that are trying to serve other people that's what we tend to do so I think in a webinar presentation, less is more, I mean, I'm a classic oversharer. like, so when I was doing my webinars, I was like over sharing stuttering. I was just like, but even though I, even though I did that, I still had had results, but more results came when I, I leaned in on the objections and transformation.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. This has been an incredible episode. I realized it was powered through the time here. Where can our audience connect with you online? You know, you can go to Instagram at Casey Zeman.
1: That's, you know, just, uh, just at Casey Zeman. Um, you can also go to easywebinar.com and, uh, or, or find me on Facebook at, at Casey Zeman as well. So I'd love to
0: talk, so reach out. Yeah, Amazing. Thank you so much, dude. I, I've got so much value from this. I know that our listeners have as well. I think that all of us need to have some kind of presentation that we have in our arsenal to use. I'm an advocate and I teach my, my clients to do this, is to have you know, two or three different presentations for who your subgroups of, of audience are that you can always just pull out because then you're always able to on a live video in and in a seminar and a workshop, you've got something to present. And I think that this is really going to help with people understanding the best ways of doing that and not just teaching more stuff, but overcoming the the disbeliefs they have that are holding them back from actually taking actions that will get them a result, which is ultimately working with you. Because if, if you're any yeah. good at what you do, your entire job is to get people to do it, to do the thing you're offering because yeah. that's what's going to get them a result.
1: Yeah, you're in service when you do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know that that's it's the value exchange misconception that we have where it's like teaching equates value, but the exchange is in them actually doing the thing, taking the leap of faith where they won't take the leap of faith that they have too many things that they're thinking about or they don't see that high of value in it because you've just given it to them. I've had people tell me before, like, whoa, whoa slow down. What did you just say? You know, I, I have to acknowledge what Casey just said, and he just blew right through it. He just like bulldozed over that point. And we do that all the time as educators, you know, as people that want to help. Mm. We bulldoze over our value points, our money moments, our points that can have so much gravitas we don't allow it to seep in yeah. into our customers' heads, you know. At that point, so that's why now I try to be more deliberate about transformation, and I just try to always think about those things, objections, being inside the conversation in my in my in my prospect's mind. You know, I want to meet them where they're having the conversation in their heads. So, yeah,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank yeah. you so much, dude. So much value. I really appreciate you. Uh, coming on the show. You're having a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, James. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach, or trainer in business and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show and i'll see you on the next episode